Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Keep up with the latest headlines from Austin and beyond on the all-new Talk1370.com. Stay informed with the latest news, weather, contests, and more. It's all just a click away at Talk1370.com. Just one more way to stay connected with Talk 1370. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to Speed City. This is John Massengill sitting next to Les Kaiser, and we are fired up because we had a fantastic Formula One race today. Oh, man, that was good. That was good. And IndyCar just wrapped up. We're hoping to have somebody, a driver, live from Indy. A little bit of a rain delay. Set him back a little bit. And Jonathan Green is out at the Red Bull Rallycross. And apparently the Ed Andretti team won again out there and hoping to get Scott Speed on the show as well. So we got a great show for you. Brad Bullet Baker's going to join us. Hey, I know we said that last week, but uh, <laughs> that's true. He said, "I'm sorry, I got pulled away at the last minute, and he's got to do what he's paid for." Hey, and that was that was but, pretty uh, cool to see that on NBC, though NBCSN. Yeah, yeah, and you know we'll we'll, we'll go through that again. But uh, NBCSN has picked up all the series this year, and the cool thing is, uh, you actually can watch it essentially from the beginning of the season all the way up. And if you do this, you'll be completely caught up with the season by the time they go to Fort Worth. And let's head up there in September. Oh, that's a great Road idea. trip. Road trip. <laughs> well, I definitely want to start with Formula One because it was a, it was a great race, man. I, it had a little bit of a lull in the middle, but I feel like that was probably the strategy going on. I'm trying to decide if it's going to rain, but... Uh, The rain is a big, big player there. You know, they've talked about how Austria, right in that little, uh, the the bowl they called it, can suddenly just have a downpour. And everything changed in. You know, uh, one of the guys called out, hey, I just got some rain on my visor. And and so uh, what they were trying to do with the strategies was pretty interesting as far as trying to run the tires really long in the first and hopefully just shift on to rain and finish the race in the rain. Yeah, well, you know, this was the Austrian Grand Prix, like you said, and that is, is has to be one of, if not the most picturesque settings for the racetrack. Yeah, we love to brag on Austin and how, how great Austin is to come and visit, but, man, the placement of that racetrack... Uh, I know in, it's in not exactly right, but I kept expecting Julie Andrews in one of those hill views there. <laughs> I know. Everybody always <laughs> makes that joke. But it is. It's gorgeous. It's really amazing. And, you know, that's that's really the thing about Formula One, that besides all the amazing racing and technology and everything. Cool destinations. It, it, almost almost yeah. all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Almost. <laughs> it 
might be one or two places I don't want to go, but that's about it. Well, I want to start with the start because it was amazing. Whoa. It was a phenomenal start. I want to play this clip because uh, <laughs> Valtteri Botas had uh, had an amazing start. It was obviously the the best start I've ever seen in Formula One. I mean, they had to do, they had to get the uh, the three thousand frames per second uh, camera out to to do side by sides of the lights going out and the wheels moving across the line. It was uh, okay, but I, I still argue. Love it that Botas got it. But I still argue, if you really look at that, how close were those frames synchronized? Because I feel like there was a twitch of the tire before it went out. <laughs> you know what? I think, uh, let's hear from Valtteri Bottas on what he thought. I honestly think the reaction was better than that. Um, but uh, I don't know how they measure it, really. But, uh, no, I mean, I, I could feel and see the car was moving after the lights were off. So... And the reaction was positive, not not negative, and that's all what counts. So I think uh, Sepp and Daniel, they were not too happy about it. But, you know, for me, it was a perfect start, and uh, I'm happy for that. I'll, I'll put it this way. I'm not going to argue with you, Les, because even if it was, I say if it's that close, you got to give it to the driver. You know, if it's that close that you can't even tell, you're having to get these high-speed cameras synced up. I say give it to the driver. Yeah, yeah. And there's probably a little fuzzy matter in the uh, telemetry there as well and the synchronized you know, imagery as well. So uh, anyway, was it enough to make a difference? I honestly don't think so. Yeah, oh, yeah, I don't think so either. I think that... I think he just nailed it great. He yeah. ran a good race. He set his pace and he went out and he kept on it. And he knew those boys were stalking him behind. I thought it was great to have Ferrari and Red Bull chasing him down. Yeah, obviously that makes for great, great television, great entertainment for us fans. And you know, you know, we, you know, not that we talk golf here, but I kind of like it when Hamilton's pushed back a little ways for the start. It reminds me of the old days of Tiger Woods on the back nine and being behind. And I love to watch him come back and at yeah. least get close to win. And great suspenseful race. I won't tell anybody that you watch golf, also. I don't anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. Yeah, that's probably true. That's my nap time. <laughs> well, it was uh, there was a ton of great stories. And moving down the grid a little bit, uh, my favorite of the whole day was Haas. Haas. Because yeah. there's so many great things about, uh, about Haas right now. Obviously, another race in the points for Haas. And where they stand now. Okay, so first of all, Roman Grosjean finished sixth in the race, which is fantastic, right? But... Um, but where they finished, where they currently stand in the manufacturer standings and where they stand in the point standing, especially compared to last year. So they now have 29 points, which is more than they had all of last year. You remember at the beginning of the season, uh, I was asking both you and Jonathan, and I was like, all right, guys, what what's Haas going to do? You know, where are they going to, is it going to be a sophomore slump? Is Because, you know, at the beginning of, all of last year, we started with the bang at the beginning, right? Great points right out of the bat uh, right. in, in Australia. And it kind of petered out over the season as the season went on. There was still, you know, they got points here in Austin, which was awesome last year. Oh, yeah. But, Love seeing that at home. But I was a little worried. I thought, have they, you know, are they not going to be able to keep it up? But I think they've definitively answered that question. I mean, and look at this. You, the guys, uh, the guys behind him couldn't catch him. It wasn't. This was a fair and square. There was not a. There was a little bit of shakeup, right? Sure. You had uh, a few guys out, but it was not like a couple weeks ago when 
you could have argued, okay, they got points. They because, got some lucky. Yeah, they got lucky. But lucky points there. They were fast. This car hey, is fast. Okay, so Gene Haas and Gunther Steiner had said early before the year that they hoped to get 50 points by the end of the season. You know, and, and I think that's real rational. You know, we, we want to you know be brash about it and say, yeah, we want to win the championship. Well, no, they're, they're smarter than me in that. They're going to say our goal is 50 points. And so, you know, here we are right at – you know, coming up at half the season gone, they're at 29. Yeah. So they're four points ahead, you know, on their trajectory. So uh, things are good. Hopefully they'll get to Austin and we'll give them some energy and uh, collect a handful more there. But, uh, you know, Mercedes is up by 33 points. And so uh, over Ferrari, that's not bad. That's yeah. a That's within reach this time of season before you move away from Haas I just want to talk a little bit more about you know this was this was the fifth consecutive point scoring race right yeah. so uh and it was also uh, uh you know this is so Grosjean had uh between the two of them what I'm really trying to say is but it's been taken both drivers they've had each had a, they've each had a good week and and on and off so neither one of the drivers are in the top 10 but it, what it really shows me is that if they can put this all together, then it will – I mean, they could really start doing something. In fact, let's play this clip from Roman Grosjean because he says basically the same thing. He's basically saying uh, – you notice he's not complaining about breaks, but he says if they can put it all together. So let's hear from Roman Grosjean. Yes, it was pretty strong. Really good, really strong first lap. It was P4. Enjoyed that for a little bit, and then uh, well, Kimi and Lewis passed me, but uh, focused on Perez, keeping him behind, and we pushed hard all the way. And that's that's the racing we like, you know, just hammering it down. Finished pretty tired, but that's well, that's what we love. So it was a great race, great job from the guys. Zappi was the car all weekend long. There's there's there are a few things we need to improve clearly, but uh, but happy with that, you know, we we were the best of the rest, so we won Formula One Grand Prix too. Yeah, it shows that when we get everything to work on a car, we're strong. And the car is strong. It's just experience of getting every time everything is a window, which which we're missing a little bit. But it's only our 28th or 29th race ever. So, you know, we cannot, we cannot ask everything. But it was good. Um, looking forward to next race. Silverstone is going to be pretty good fun. Should have update on the car as well. So uh, very much looking forward to that. Yep, that's what I'm hoping for, that get these guys, uh, both drivers over the finish line in the points. And in fact, you know, if you notice, Magnussen was poised to join Grosjean in the points. Yeah. And they, I don't, I, all I heard was it was a hydraulic issue. He would think it was on lap 30, but he was in, I think he was in 11th place right behind Lance Stroll, which we're going to talk about another good story in this week's run. But, uh, but now they're both, they're 13th and 14th in the points. And uh, Grosjean has 18 and Magnussen has 11. So it's really, really exciting to watch Haas this year. Definitely. And, you know, like I said, I want to get all excited and I want to see them running up front. But uh, they're doing as expected. they got to get things settled out. They, I think you called it right, both of you. And uh, we'll see what they bring in next time. All right. Well, you know what? I mentioned Lance Stroll. Let's talk about that one now because this three weeks in a row, the guy's in the points. Yeah, and uh, he's not that good a driver, I hear. I I know. I I cannot, Jack Villeneuve. I just cannot (laughs) put that out of my mind. Is that he keeps he just trashed pessimistic, old man you are now. (laughs) Come on, guy. I know you're a brilliant race car driver, but come on, give it up. Be happy for the kid. Uh, Really, I'd like to ask him who he thinks is a you know 
better driver of the newbies coming up. So, you know. Yeah. Uh, my money's on Lance for uh, being around quite a while and sticking in place. He's he's done great. You know, with the whole deal coming on to Williams and doing so well there, you know, Williams is, you know, has some uh, hits and misses, but uh, I don't feel like you can really blame anything on Lance. Not, you know, he's performing beyond what I think should be expected for him. Yeah. It's been pretty fun to watch that story. But so. he's not that good. <laughs> but he's not Thanks, that John. good. Yeah. All right. So we really haven't even talked about how the, the the race broke down today. Obviously, Valtteri Botas won the race like we talked about. And and what about right behind that, Les? It was really exciting today, man. Oh, uh, man. You know, I loved it because you you had to watch it and pay some attention to it. But you saw guys closing in. So Lewis was, you know, trying to get up there into the hunt. He took that five-spot penalty for changing the gearbox. Had to do it. There was no option. So he did that, and that pushed him back, and he was in the chase from from the get-go to make ground and get up front. So that was the toughest thing, I feel like, that really just could not, you know, play out the way you would have expected. Yep. You know, so Lewis has recovered very well and i know we've always talked about it and yes he's one of my favorite drivers but valtteri rocked it he was strong and steady the entire race uh sebastian did good you know had some close calls there yeah but right at the end he was i mean it looked like he was reeling him in if we'd had another lap or two this could have been a very different race with sebastian bell so he was in second ricardo third hamilton fourth raikkonen fifth uh, Grosjean, like we said, six. Perez and Esteban uh, Ocon in uh, seventh and eighth. Both you almost said Gutierrez. We'll, use, we'll say that name later. We'll, we'll wait till IndyCar to talk about that. And then uh, uh, Felipe Massa and Lance Stroll nine and tenth in the points. So it was it was pretty cool. But watching Vettel and you know chasing down Botas at the end because Botas did talk about his tires a little bit. He was talking about how they had blistered up. In fact, let's go ahead and play that clip. Uh, let's play the clip from Valtteri Botas on his win. Yes, so the first stint was really, really competitive. The car was good, good feeling really good. Uh, but in the second stint, after like lap five, I got a massive blister in the rear lap. And that was hurting me in that stint. And it was getting worse and worse towards the end. So just a blister really that um, hurt the last place. Definitely. You know, still we're not even halfway through the year. So for sure, still in the fight and um, only going to get better. So looking forward. Yeah, pretty fun to watch. I mean, think of it now. You've got Botas is only 15 points behind Hamilton. Mm-hmm. He's and, within reach. Uh, and then Hamilton's 20 behind Vettel. So, you know, it doesn't take a DNF or uh, of some sort, whether it's... One know, finish, one doesn't. Yep. And this changes dramatically. We'll you know, maybe uh, maybe Botas ought to make friends with Kvyat. <laughs> That's a great idea. That's a whole other story we're going to talk about some more. But let's go ahead and go to a break. And, and when we come back, by the way, we're going to have our European correspondent for Formula One, Inga Strecka, join us on the phone. You're listening to Speed City, live from Austin, Texas. We'll be back after these messages. Be a good-
Augusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only MV Augusta and Ducati factory authorised technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutale Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by MV Augusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 MV Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade-in, consignments welcome and financing available. Ducati Austin and the home of MV Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I-35. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. Texas weather can change on a dime. Flash flooding is expected to begin shortly. When the weather turns severe, turn to us for what you need to know. On air and online at Talk1370.com. Talk 1370, the right choice. Listen to your favorite shows. Keep up with the latest breaking news and more anytime at Talk1370.com. Talk 1370, the right choice. Hey, it's Patrick Lindsay driving the Park Place Motorsports Porsche, and this is Speed City. Welcome back, Speed City. Man, over your gotta say, right there, Porsche. How about this new 700 horsepower GT2 Porsche? Oh, I know that's insane. I want yeah. one. Surprise! So we were watching IndyCar because it just ended right as we were coming on the air. Literally, yeah. And, and it's behind you, I know, but I saw you flip around. They've got uh, Red Bull Rally Cross going on now. Did NBC have the day today or what? They had. Oh, well, you could have just tuned it in and just left it there all day. Yeah, the uh, the bicycling. I don't know. I don't get into the Tour de France. Seems like those I guys could get Austin. it over if they just put a motor on those things. Yeah, if they put a motor on them, I'd watch it's them. Faster ways hey, of getting there. I want to respond to a tweet that we got earlier today from uh, one of our regulars, Andy, because he was really dead on about this, and it's kind of something we, we touched on it a little bit, but but uh, he's talking about Haas F one and how they are, where they are in the constructor standing and. So P, they're in P7, leaning on P6. He said it has to be the quietest story of the year so far. And it probably is outside of <laughs> outside of Speed City. And NBC does a pretty good job. Maybe Inga tells how cute it is. Yeah, exactly. But uh, I just thought that was a, it was an astute observation from Andy. Thanks a lot, Andy, for interacting with us. But let's go ahead and bring Inga Strecka on because she is our Formula One European correspondent. And she it's the middle of the night there, Inga. Well, how's it going over there? Hey, good morning. It's a beautiful full moon night here. Oh, neat. neat <laughs> yeah, we neat. had that last night. You're right. It was great. Yeah, so, and that in the Styrian Mountains is beautiful. Well, so what did you think of the race, Inga, an Austrian Grand Prix? Oh, well, do you want me to start at the start? <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure. I, yeah, I well, think let's get... we have a new superhuman Finnish racing driver <laughs> developing here. Yeah, we played the clip from uh, Botas earlier about hey, he, he thought that he did even better than what the stewards were saying and what the timing <laughs> was saying. It's amazing. I mean, Sebastian Vettel couldn't get his head around it. He kept saying, I can't believe it. 
I really, and when I say I can't believe it, I can't believe it. It was just amazing, right? Um, <laughs> it, it was maybe a little bit of a portion of luck, but Bottas is one to practice and practice. And this time he has just practiced the reaction time of the start. You know, I, I think you're right, but I, I think Seb might ought to kind of back off on challenging the challenging anyone. <laughs> yeah, good point. What do you think? Well, yeah. <laughs> He's already in enough hot water. What's he trying to do? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it was amazing to see that, to see that start. Like, I, I, even I had to really review it. But then in the end, you know, it's as Nicky Lauda said, there was, he actually literally said, there is only one truth, and that's the sensor, and the sensor that the start was okay. Yep. I agree. Good call. Good call. But I, I but you're right, Les. I think Sebastian Vettel should just leave it alone and say, <laughs> it, it, you know, the only thing that could have happened is if they'd have penalized him. But obviously the start was great. But well, what about the rest of the race? You know, we had talked about how good Haas was doing. And I don't know if you heard right before I brought you on was one of our uh, American listeners here in Austin was talking about how the Haas story has been quietly, they've, they've just kind of quietly been creeping up, and now they're knocking on the door for, for sixth place in the Constructors' Championships. What do you think? What's the European take on that? Right. It's an absolute amazing race for them. I mean, also, again, a little bit of luck, but uh, from uh, what I've seen, it's, um, well, it's, it's definitely the best finish of the team in 2017, but it's also the fifth straight points finish, and um, that is amazing. Yep, and I am—I could not be more excited about this. And I think we we mentioned earlier, but yeah, they're they're already ahead of last year's points and and hoping to hit that fifty-point goal. But uh, but I'm just hoping to get both drivers finish the race. But what other stories, Inga, are, are exciting to you from from today's race? Well, the shake hand, of course. <laughs> um, that, but that was yesterday, which is quite funny because after qualifying. Um, uh, they they only the drivers always that's a new thing now always ask them about um, their qualifying on the grid so all the fans can hear it before they go to the media and um the guy who was interviewing them Davide Valsecchi he said um, um guys go go shake hands you know to Fettel and Hamilton yeah. and they didn't they kind of refused and then there was a big uproar oh they didn't shake hands you know and then um uh formula 1 tv pr- production they were very quickly on hand to show um, a, a clip or in the photo that these two guys actually did shake hands with a smile, but not in front of the cameras and not when they were told to do so. Yeah, I did see that. That was pretty funny. And and uh, the story, obviously, the the big story, of course, in the in the past week, of course, was, was Vettel um, admitting finally that he had done it on purpose and that it was immature and that. It was and it was dangerous. So, uh, what's what's going on? What is your opinion? And and what's the you know on, on the European side? Are they is everyone is everyone's now surprised or are they were they expecting Vettel to finally admit it? Well, I mean, basically, bottom line, I would say it's over. Get on with it. You know, look forward to the next thing. Um, he did say, if I could turn back time, then then I would and I wouldn't do it. Um, and the funny thing was. It wasn't really that important for Hamilton. For Hamilton, the most important thing, what, and he did say that, was um, that he wanted Vettel to tell the world that he did not break test him. That was the key issue for Hamilton. He said, yeah. I don't want to be seen as doing something bad. And the other thing doesn't, doesn't seem to be matter, mattering too much for Hamilton. 
And um, it was interesting because that took a while, apparently, for Hamilton to be happy enough to acknowledge that Vettel had actually told the world that um, he thought he was brake tested, but obviously he wasn't. Yeah, well, there's there's a couple more stories I want to ask you about. Uh, one of them is I want to come back to this one about McLaren and Alonso snake bit again. But uh, but what about Daniel Ricciardo? I mean, he he's now, I guess, in the last few races, uh, maybe as many as four or five, he's scored more points, been more consistent on the podium every time and had more drinks out of a shoe than anybody in Formula One history. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> The shoe, right? Are you guys <laughs> drinking out of your shoes yet? <laughs> I'm drinking out of Les's. He doesn't know it, but yeah, that's yeah, no, <laughs> no. I mean, um, he's amazing, isn't it? It's it, he's now level with um, compatriots Jack Brackham and Adam Jones. His fifth consecutive podium in Austria. Um, he's he's really sneaking up there. He's doing a great job. Whenever the car's there, he is there. Um, you know, unlike his. His teammate is having a string of bad luck, but um, yeah. hats off to hats off to Ricciardo. And um, I have to go with one of my photographer friends, um, Mark Sutton, who said um, it's so nice to take photos of Ricciardo on the podium because he shows such a brilliant smile. You can always see his teeth. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it is. It is. And uh, yeah, Mark. Mark does a great job. In fact, you know, Keith and Mark Sutton, they they do such a great job of just capturing so many things that are going on in f1 so i invite y'all to check out sutton images on on their stuff but you're yeah. right he, he's got to be one of the easiest people to photograph because he's always smiling yeah it's brilliant and then of course the shoe and this time martin <laughs> brundle um actually he played along real nicely but he also did take a shoe and he said um i'm taking this for charity so i'm curious what charity this is going for and, and if people can support it because i think it's a great idea yeah, yeah, I agree. That is Love a great that idea. idea. Well, yeah, I, Bottas didn't. Bottas didn't seem to be <laughs> not having any of that. <laughs> he did. He knocked it out of his hand. He's like, I'm not going to drink that. Get that nasty thing away from me. <laughs> but but it's funny because um, when when being asked about the start, Bottas showed like a a really small smile, um, which is <laughs> which is so typical. You know, I've seen that smile from Mika Hakkinen as well, and. Um, Quite funny enough, um, Alexander Woods, former Grand Prix driver, he said that finished smile is um, equivalent to someone from someone, some of us rolling on the floor laughing out loud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Well, so what about Max Verstappen? I mean, this is, uh, I mean, he's been just oh, snake bit. I, I guess it's really guy. the only way to describe it. I mean, there's been a couple things that were not his fault this year, but for the most part, he's just had horrible luck, hadn't he? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I don't know what to say. You know, Joylin Palmer, also one of those bad luck guys. I think it's now the um, the straight, the, the, the third straight finish on P11, just outside the points. And the same for, uh, you know, Max Verstappen. Third retirement in three races, fifth in the last seven. And again, he was punted out in the first corner. So that's pretty bad. He has, this season, take that, only completed... 277 racing laps, the fewest of any drivers, and less than half of what Fettel and Hamilton have done. You know what I think he should have done? Instead of, you know, like Kimmy invited the kid that started crying a few races ago, invited him into the suite. 
I think uh, Max should have gone out to the audience, you know, and and sat with them and watched the rest of the race. <laughs> yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> All right, well, hey, I want to play this clip from Max Verstappen right now because he does talk a little bit about. You can hear the exasperation in his voice. Uh, I had a clutch failure at the start, so uh, yeah, yeah, not good, not good. But you know, you can't change it anymore. And uh, yeah, afterwards, what what happened afterwards? You know, I think I was anyway in a bad position because of what I had. Maybe I couldn't have finished the race anyway. But yeah, I haven't actually seen the incident as well. Well, for me, basically after last season, uh, last race was already. I was not looking at the championship anymore. I was just trying to have single results, good single results. But of course, this doesn't help at all. But uh, I just try to stay positive, you know. Um, there's still a lot of races where I can at least get some points. But um, yeah, at the moment, I don't know what to think. <laughs> yeah, we want to thank NBCSN. That's where all the clips came from tonight. But yeah, it, Max Verstappen's just been... Uh, he's obviously considered one of the most talented drivers in F1 right now. And no telling where he's going to be and all those kinds of things. But this year, it's he's just going to have to live on each race. But uh, what other stories, Inga? We just got a couple minutes left here. What other stories from F1 that you want to talk about? Well, I mean, um, I, I did mention Mika Hakkinen earlier, and I think it's worth mentioning him as well as the topic of charities. He has, the former world champion, has joined the Keep Fighting uh, charity initiative of the Michael Schumacher family, which is pretty good. He's, like, supporting that. And also, check it out, guys. Mika Hakkinen, believe it or not, has launched a new social media platform. It's called Insider, I-N-Z-D-R. And um, there's great things to come from that. And I think it's going to be involving charities as well. At the moment, it's showing Mika typical videos with his very, very dry sense of humor. You can laugh like a fin with a smile, smile, or you can roll around on the floor. But um, um, worth to say that McHacken is kind of the mentor of Valtteri Bottas. So um, there's more to come from that. Awesome. Well, I know that uh, I know it's the middle of the night for you, and we are up for a break, Inga. So we've got to let you go. We really appreciate you setting your alarm and waking up and talking to us from Europe. We love your perspective, and uh, and of course we will talk to you soon. Always my pleasure, and send my regards also to Mr. Green. All right, we hope to hear from him shortly. <laughs> Thanks, Inga. Talk to you soon. Take care. Bye bye. Bye. All right. Always fun to get it from the property itself. There you go. All right. We're going to let's go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, Brad the Bullet Baker is going to come on and and talk about some flat track racing. You're listening to Speed City. And yes, we are live in Austin, Texas, just down the road a piece from Circuit of the Americas. If you've ridden motorcycles in this part of the country for long, no doubt you know of Bud's Motorcycle Shop. Bud left this world a while back, but his legendary Harley service rides on. No longer is Bud's in downtown Austin. It is now Ravel's Heavy Duty, and they've moved out by the Formula One track. You'll see all the familiar faces, so bring in your new, used, and abused, but there's no sign of shiny showroom prices. So check it out at RavelsHeavyDuty.com. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. 
With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself. Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. The Racetrack. It's where legends are born. Where only the finest machines earn their reputation for innovation and dominance. Such are the nameplates you'll find at Aston Martin of Austin, Lotus of Austin, Bentley Austin and Rolls-Royce Motorcars. Austin exotic, iconic automobiles whose racing heritage turns everyday driving into an inspiring journey because you're never just along for the ride. Highway 183 north of McNeil Road. Get the latest business news from CNBC. Weekday mornings at 6.30 and 8.30 and weekday afternoons at 12.30, 4.30 and 5.30. We make you smarter, hopefully. It'll also make you some money. Stay connected with Talk 1370, the right choice. Hi, this is Ryan DL and this is Speed City. He knows how to drive a car. Just a little bit. Hey, before we bring on Mr. Brad Baker, I want to uh, want to make sure we talk. We uh, let you know we're going to be talking a little Moto G. I mean, excuse me, a little World Superbikes. Moto oh GP, man, what I a great mind day! Talking about that too, but they had the week off. Yeah, yeah. The World Superbikes and Moto America both out at Laguna Seca here in you the U.S. It. of A. You bet. One of my favorite tracks out there. Yeah. Well, let's uh, Les. Why don't you introduce Mr. Baker? Oh man. Okay. So you know. Uh, I got totally hooked seeing the flat track racing when they came for X Games and all of that here. And then uh, little did most people know that uh, MotoGP this year, I'm walking around the paddock headed for the shuttle, and I run into this guy wearing this Indian patch. <laughs> and who else is it? Mr. Brad Baker. Bullet, welcome back to Speed City. Well, thank you, Les. It's uh, nice to be on the show. Hey, so, you know, we, we're we loving it, and we've been stirring up the energy because y'all are coming to Fort Worth in September. But y'all have already been racing, and, and so, you know, I got to say, you had a pretty good night this weekend. Yeah, it was a decent night. Uh, you know, anytime you're on the box is a, is an accomplishment. So, got another third-place finish. That's my seventh podium for the year, and I think my fifth podium consecutive podium finish. So, uh, yeah, I mean considering everything it's been going really good hey so if you're not familiar with flat track history which you know i'll admit i watched it a lot when i was younger and it kind of faded away and then i've been hooked again after seeing it in person brad's part of the historical team called the wrecking crew and these are like the aces these are the guys that you know take names (laughs) (laughs) we're like well we'll keep it that way but uh brad is on the Indian Scouts, the FTR 750s, they're not a street bike. They are strictly flat track dedicated, and these things are wicked. I got to see one of them. So cool and, to see Indian back, though. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, Brad and I talked about it on the shuttle that, you know, I had a Super Enduro way back in the 70s, and, and that was such a cool bike. These bikes are completely different. You know, the flat track that's going on, uh, you know, everybody knows about the ovals and things, but the TT that, you know, we talked about from Daytona was, was really cool. It's their first run there, but Brad, give us a give us a capsule of what this weekend's racing was like, and, and of course how uh, the first place guy did your teammate Jared. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean uh, Jared definitely stole a show this weekend. Uh, you know that type of racetrack in in New York was something that really suited Jared's style, one where you keep your wheels in line and just keep the momentum rolling. Me, I'm a little bit more of a sideways on the throttle type of uh track guy so jared did really good and uh 
brought his Indian motorcycle home in first and regained the points lead, so that was good for him. Um, for me, it was this, this accomplishment uh, to get on the box there on, on a track that I typically struggle at. Um, to have um, you know one of my weak points be a third is really not all that bad. So uh, if I can keep my bad days as a, as a third or a top five, that, that's good, and um, try to make my, my good days capitalize on those. So we're, we're creeping back forward in the points. Had two misfortunes at the beginning of the year. I, I crashed in Daytona and, and uh, got my head ran over and had a concussion there. So I was, wasn't able to compete in Daytona. And then at uh, the third round, I had a small mechanical failure and uh, got sent out of that race when I was leading it as well. So um, if it wasn't for those two races, heck, we'd be right there battling for the championship lead. But uh, I've been able to capitalize on on some points between uh, Brian Smith kind of doing, uh, not necessarily poorly, but a little bit off his game the last five races, and then uh, Sammy Halbert um, as well. He he came back this weekend and did, did well with the second, but he had a mechanical last weekend or two weekends ago at Lima. So been able to uh, to move my way back up in the championship, but uh, it's going to take both Brian and Jared having a really off night or maybe having a little bit of bad luck and me staying consistent to be able to really be able to catch back up in the championship. Hey, audience, I, I want you to realize, you know, this isn't soccer. He didn't flail around on the ground. He he took two races off and he jumped back on again. He, he got his head, he got his head. over. Yeah. <laughs> he got his head over. Why? I, 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 I didn't take any races off. I got second the very next weekend. Oh, there you go. <laughs> right, look at that. <laughs> yeah. Well, Brad, one of my favorite things is the fact, like, I did mention that, the fact that Indian's back, but... I mean, the, the rivalry between Indian and Harley-Davidson in flat track racing, I mean, how many decades or centuries? All of them. I mean, yeah, all of them. It's, how old is this rivalry and how long has this been going on? I mean, it, it's been going on since basically 1900 to 1951 when, when Indian went out of business for the first time. Um, you know, that was kind of a... Yeah. A hard time for all manufacturers, and uh, it was unfortunate that the, the rivalry stopped there for a while, and it hadn't been start. It hadn't been sparked back up until this year. Uh, but you know, Andy and Motorcycle and, and Harley Davidson have had a rivalry on the streets and on on uh, especially on flat track for a lot of years. So um, that was basically the big buzz going into this season was uh, the rivalry between the two factory teams, uh, with Harley Davidson having a wrecking crew. Between their three factory riders and then and then Indian having uh, their three factory riders and you know obviously the uh, it's kind of been the writing on the wall so far with with Indian coming back and basically taking every single win except for one this year and I think it's been over three quarters of the podium finishes as well so Indian really done very well at doing their homework and we got three really good riders three and two really good teams and uh they just did a great job of, of developing developing the fdr 750 scout so it's been great and i've been really honored to be a part of it well one of the cool things is the fact that we touched on it but the, the fact that nbcsn has now picked up flat track racing and uh i mean that's got to be one of the most exciting things for you guys i mean that's because, look, like we said earlier, we were watching Formula One, then IndyCar, and now the Red Bull Rallycross, which I guess is kind of the car equivalent to flat track racing. <laughs> and and uh, But you guys are on the same network. That's pretty cool, huh? 
Yeah, it's it's awesome. It's great for our sport um, to get us on the NBC. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to see what that does for our sport as in terms in the in the following years. And then, of course, this Thursday we're going to be on ESPN uh, during the X Games for the third year in a row. So, that's definitely been a good thing for our sport as well. So. Yeah, there's a lot of positive things and a lot of momentum around flat track motorcycle racing right now. And it's, uh, you know, there for a little while when I was, you know, 16 to 20 years old, I was like, man, I don't know what's uh, what's my future in flat track racing because it's kind of at an all-time low. And then now it's like, hey, it's, uh, it's a good time to be a dirt track motorcycle racer and, and I'm right in the thick of things. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's great and just really happy to, to be able to have this opportunity. Well, Exactly right, folks. And one of the things that uh, NBCSN is doing is they're actually showing the entire season. And so it starts with the Daytona TT that they showed last Monday. Tomorrow they're showing the Dixie Speedway short track. And short track is, uh, okay, you know, we make our comments about NASCAR on this, only turning left. But sliding sideways while you're turning left with one (laughs) foot hanging out and uh, these guys rumbling like they're rugby players. It's a, it adds a whole you know, new element is, to left turn racing. This is how I this is how I grew up riding it, both car driving cars and motorcycles on the I farm roads. In, I grew up out in Bastrop, right? Well, this is how we. That's how I drove my car and my motorcycle. One foot hanging out of your yeah. car door. <laughs> you had to. You had to. That's right. <laughs> but and, uh, one, and one thing about motorcycles, we got like a sixteenth of the traction patch of what a car does. So yeah, um, it's a little bit different. <laughs> So, folks, you know, the the coolest thing about this is jump in and start watching tomorrow. And uh, we'll see the Dixie race, short track, like I said. And then they go to Charlotte. And you're going to go through all the season. But most importantly, by the time they get to Texas in September, you'll be all caught up on the season. You'll know the players. We'll watch Brad, see what he does between now and then. And we're in on it. So, uh, Brad, we're cheering for you, buddy. Well, I appreciate it, guys. It was really good being on the show, and hope to see all the fans uh, at Fort Worth. I'm really looking forward to coming back to Texas here soon. All righty. You know where we get the barbecue. All righty, man. Take (laughs) care. Travel safe. Good luck, and we'll be in touch. Thanks, Brad. Thank you, guys. Have a good night. All right, you too. All right, well, we're going to go ahead and take a break because when we come back, we're going to talk. We are going to talk a little bit of uh, World Superbikes and Motor America because they're out of Laguna Seca. But Mr. Jonathan Green is going to join us uh, out there from the Red Bull Global Rally Cross, which we're watching right now over your shoulder, Les, on NBCSN. But uh, we're going to have him on. He's got a couple of interviews for us from the winners, from the Andretti team, Scott Speed. And who else was it? Uh, Tanner Faust. That's who we got. So tune back in after the break and listen to Speed City. Back after these messages. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. 
Gambia Gusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only MV Augusta and Ducati factory authorized technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutali Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by MV Augusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 MV Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade-in, consignments welcome and financing available. To Caddy Austin and the home of MV Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I-35. Hi, this is Gordon Deal. Join me weekdays for This Morning, America's First News. Hear the stories you'll be talking about and searching for all day as we go beyond the headlines and above the chatter. Weekdays at 5 on Talk 1370. Sound off on the news of the day with the Talk Poll. Online at Talk1370.com. Talk 1370, the right choice. I'm Steve Arpin, drive the Jacob Company Sport Fiesta for Lone Bro Chip Ganassi Racing. You're listening to Speed City. There's a Red Bull Global Rallycross there driver right there, Steve Arpin. I think we all need a five or 600 horsepower little Ford hatchback. Little uh, 0 to 60 in 1.8 seconds. Mr. Jonathan Green, are you on the phone, sir? Do we have you? Come in, please. I've been 0 to 60 in 1.9 seconds since I was born. <laughs> yeah, but that was hitting a wall. It was the other way, 60 to 0. <laughs> oh. How's it going, Mr. Green? Good. How are you guys? Yeah, I had a great day. I've lost my voice again, as you can hear. Um, but we've had a really uh, fantastic outing. I mean, Indy was awesome. We went to the Lucas Oil Raceway, which is, of course, the famous old oval. We're watching um, it right now. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. So, and, uh, yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's past tense. But we've just finished. Uh, <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Jonathan. Sorry. <laughs> didn't hear it what did he say he said spoiler alert we're watching you <laughs> if anybody's watching right now you're going to spoil it for them but that's okay because if they're what if they're listening to us then then their their priorities are correct there you go <laughs> what heat are they in <laughs> they are in heat 3a 3a oh it's gonna be a hell of a oh no that's not. <laughs> right. all good no, we had a great weekend, um, and of course, to put it in perspective, it was the first time the GRC has been to Indianapolis, um, but ironically, half the teams are based in Indy, including the top team, Volkswagen, Andretti Autosport, of course, based in Indy. Michael Andretti was there to watch it, which is kind of cool, because yeah, as you know, cool. he's in Iowa. Yeah, could have um, been in IndyCar, Brian yeah. Brian Reinbold, Brian Herder racing, Cabot Bigham was racing for him. So yeah, it was, it was a really good partisan crowd and a lot of uh, friendly faces. Yeah, and uh, I was just joking. We were talking to Brad Baker, the flat track guy, and I said it's kind of like the Red Bull Rallycross is kind of the flat track, but it it is, in a way, not the entire track is dirt, but, man, these guys uh, going through the dirt, it looks like so much fun, but they were slamming into each other, too, quite a bit. I didn't realize how much you know door slamming goes on in Red Bull Rallycross. Well, and the, and the truth is, you know, most of these guys are purists, i.e. from the rally background, so Rallycross, which is massive in Europe now and now is starting to really gain in uh, uh, America too with Red Bull, um, is, you know, rally, as you know, at a world level, is all about time trial. It's all on your own with a co-pilot. This is yeah. 
pure racing against each other. And you're right, banging cars and breaking cars is what it's all about. Well, so you got uh, you got to get caught up with both of the uh, the winning drivers from the Andretti team today, huh? Yep, um, it's been a really big rivalry. The pair of them have been going at it. Uh, they both have two championships to their name. Uh, Tanner Faust uh, took the lead after Ottawa of the championship and in terms of career wins, although he's been around a lot longer than Scott uh, Speed. But it's a real rivalry, uh, both on and off track between them. And, of course, they've got their own, you know, Tanner Faust has made his way. Scott Speed has been a Formula One driver. Um, but they are both excellent rallycross drivers. And Andretti Autosport uh, are really in a purple patch now because – VW have invested heavily from Germany in the Beetle, and it, it's the most unlikely rally car, but I tell you what, it's a flyer. Awesome. Well, wh- why don't we play a co- one of these clips, Jonathan? Should we, uh, let's, go ahead and, let's go ahead and play the clip from, uh, from Scott Speed first. Let's, uh, let's hear from Scott. Okay, Speed City fans, straight from the podium, I'm here with the winner of today's race here in Indianapolis, and it couldn't be more popular because Andretti Autosport win at home at Indy with Scott Speed. Just what you wanted for the Circle K boys and everybody else. Great stuff. How was the weekend? Because it looked from the outside like you didn't have any problems. Yeah, well, that's the key, right? I mean, it's very hard to have a clean weekend. There's, you know, it's rallycross racing. That's the whole point. So uh, we were, you know, super fast from the moment we got here, and we just were lucky enough to have a clean weekend and show the pace that we we have i mean we're so the good thing about obviously we're, we got a points deficit to come back from and we're we're on that right train and the you know the best asset we have is generally we're we're quick so hopefully we can put some more weekends together like this and uh go for a championship number three everybody talks about the rivalry between you and tanner but this weekend again arpin is there and once again the, the super showed sign yeah oh, exactly wow, so great. it looks as though the competition as we go ever, ever closer to los angeles is going to be even tighter than last year There's no question no there's no question everything the gaps have closed way up you know there's lots of fast cars out there right now and it's as important as ever to to drive smart and drive clean 13 wins apiece who's going to come out on top in this battle (laughs) do you care i think he's got a little head start fair enough well fair enough i know you haven't been racing as long but um happy with the overall um weekend is there anything on the car that you want to change in terms of a package because it is a moving target Uh, we're always working that's the that's the best part of it i mean that's why we're that's why we win races we don't stop we're, we're always digging. We're always trying stuff, and we got the best team in the business. Congratulations, Scott Speed. Thanks so much. Thanks, man. Scott. Scott. Yeah, you got to figure Subaru is going to be part of this. I mean, Subaru with the be. WRX and all that, yeah, they got to be a part of this. So uh, do they have a shot at all, Jonathan? Yeah, it's it's interesting, actually. Subaru, in fact, in the national level, at the USA rally level, Travis Pastrana and seven-time national champion Dave Higgins uh, are representing Subaru. So they've got a really crack team and are leading in the American Rally Championship. Um, but here in um, Global Rally, it's a slightly different spec, um, a little bit talky, according to Chris Atkinson. But they've really put their best foot forward. They've got Chris Atkinson, who's ex-World Rally Subaru, and Patrick Sandell, who's a former World Rally Junior Champion. So they really are pushing hard. But it's a new car, and they're still developing it. And you've yet to come up (coughs) with the results. They've had a few mechanicals. Chris Atkinson's probably been the most successful of the two. Um, But they're coming, and coming strong. So, Jonathan, I know I heard you talking to our intern about – the next car in your future, you're thinking about a little Subaru WRX yourself. Did you go over there and start picking their brain, going, all right, I'm going to buy an 06, and then I'm going to turn up the boost, and I'm going to get the the pipes or whatever? Did you pick their brain? 
Dude, I'm, uh, yeah, you're right. You've <laughs> actually hit the spec. 2006. Oh, I'm really? going to get some extra, extra parts. So I'm going to get another super cooler. I'm going to soup it up, take it from about, I don't know, normal road, 230, and try and get it over 300 horsepower. I think with the WRX, uh, getting over 300, new intercooler, new uh, chip. What else, Les? I mean, exhaust, chip, the, the basics. Well, and alcohol injection does wonders as well. Yeah, you'll be yeah, pretty, pretty easy to get over 300 in a WRX. No, very, very easy, very easy. And I uh, had the opportunity to check out one that was uh, clipping the 500 range. <laughs> so, but I don't think Jonathan needs that much. <laughs> well, what other stories from Red Bull, Jonathan? Well, uh, the championship is now heading on to the second half of the season. Next up, we're going to Atlantic City in August. Uh, we've been there before, so that's kind of cool because it's always hard when you go to a track that you've not been to because you've got so little time, whereas Atlantic City is a bit more familiar territory because we went there last year. Um, but the championship itself, we've got, as you know, two championships. We've got the supercars and the, the lights championship, but both are really, really hotting up and Today in the lights, uh, it was won by Christian Brooks, who broke the mold uh, from the uh, Frenchman Cyril Ramon, who's won four races in a row. <clears throat> so their championship is uh, getting much tighter. And as you heard, uh, with Scott Speed winning today, um, he narrows the gap to Tanner Farris leading the championship. Steve Arpin, who you just heard from, he was on the podium again today. So he won in Ottawa as well. So it's really tightening up. We've got a race in Atlantic City. We've got a doubleheader in um, Seattle as well. And then the final is in Los Angeles in October. And uh, there's always a great crowd in Los Angeles. I mean, you know, the Fast and Furious movies and, uh, and you know, and the love of, uh, of souped-up production cars is now growing massively in the States. So, yeah, these guys are, are rock stars, quite literally. And um, the fans are, are voting with their feet. We had a great crowd today, and it's a real family affair, you know? I was just watching, they're in a Heat 3B now, and DeJong just got forced into the corner, and he took a, an entire rack of tires. It looked like about 20 tires that he, he took with him around the corner. So, yeah, this, this is really exciting and fun stuff to watch, and I'm jealous that you get to go to all these, Jonathan. But Well, hey, Jonathan, did you happen to get to see any of the Formula One race? Because if you did, I want to ask you some questions, but you didn't. if you didn't, I want to tell you that it actually was a great race. You're going to ask me questions anyway. Yes, I watched it. I did my homework. I was up at 7 this morning. So, yes, I was there with Botas at the start. Perfect start. <laughs> How was that? That was crazy, wasn't it? Yeah, I must admit it did look um, as though it could be checked. I knew they would review it, yeah. but I really didn't think it was a jump start. And there's no question it was just perfect anticipation. And I'm so happy for him. I mean, he drove perfectly. And you know what's so funny? When you, because he's such a, a, a typical Finn, you know, he there's no histrionics. He just gets on with it, and you know, he just quietly goes about being really, really precise and really, really fast. And he reminds me of Raikkonen when he first arrived, you know. And I really do think this guy's the real deal. And I think if anybody's going to challenge, um, sort of uh, Lewis Hamilton, um, it's not going to be Vettel. It's going to be Bottas. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, we talked about earlier here. He's only 15 points behind Hamilton now. And, you know, it's interesting. Hamilton has been really um, polite and encouraging and all those things. Oh, he's done a great job. He's done a great job. And, in fact, let me – do we have a clip from Lewis Hamilton producer, Mr. Dillon? We do. In fact, I want to play this because it's just a short clip. But um, it, let's hear from Lewis Hamilton real quick. 
Of course he is. 15 points is closer than I am to first. So, um, yeah, he's doing a fantastic job and he's very much in the fight till the end. Okay, so he's still pretty encouraging with that. He said he, but but the question was, is he in the championship? And he, of course he is. Yeah, yeah of course he is. Uh, so that's going to be fun As to watch. Said, looking over his shoulder. Yeah. Uh, any other? What other stories, Jonathan? I, I love the Haas story, but and I've been going on about it all show. But what about you? What was what stands out? Well, obviously, more frustration for Max Verstappen, although not of his own making, and I, you know he certainly can't have a go at the team. I think it's interesting what Carlos Sanz is saying. We do have a rather undercurrent so, um, silly season going on, and what I mean by that is um, because. Red Bull um, are now talking about the future of Sands and saying they've got him on contract. Sands doesn't want out, but he wants to move up, and I understand that. Uh, but there's several drivers that haven't signed yet. We've got the Renault thing up in the air. McLaren don't know what they're doing. Alonso is threatening to quit and come to Indy. Um, you've got Jolian Palmer being talked about being let go by Renault. So, you know, there's quite a, an interesting subset of silly season. Max Verstappen's involved in it. Um, they're talking about him possibly going to Ferrari. I can't see it happening. Uh, be- just because Raikkonen's on a one-year deal does not mean that they're going to fire him. Why would you fire Raikkonen? He's getting pole positions and he's firing on all cylinders at the moment. And Vettel, yeah, he's a bit petulant, but he's won four world titles. Yeah, he was a, a – that continued petulance is today again uh, not – and we talked about earlier how he was complaining about – the the start Jump from start. yeah exactly but he was also just his i don't know it, it, he just has a petulance i was going to call it arrogance but that's not it but anyway it, it's just you a know little it's interesting i do think it, uh, lewis hamilton was asked about this um about what weaknesses um vettel had and i thought it was really interesting because he said yeah he's you know he's got a weakness obviously he gets hot-headed and they said, well, what are the other weaknesses? And he said, I'm not telling you. But I'll tell you, one of the weaknesses is in the middle of the race, he's more worried about Botas jumping the start and making the, you know, making Charlie Whiting make a decision on it rather than concentrating on his own race. And I think that is a weakness. Yep, I agree. And Good distraction. Yeah, that's Big true. one. <clears throat> that's true. All right. Well, we're about to wrap it up. We, get, uh, we don't have to take a week off for Formula One because Silverstone's up next. There you go. That's going to be awesome. Jonathan? Uh, thoughts yeah, for Silverstone? And of, of course, uh, Silverstone, always a good race, but always uh, controversial. Again, uh, the talk in the English press uh, is all about who's going to keep Silverstone. Zach Brown saying that Liberty should buy Silverstone uh, because Silverstone, um, you know, it doesn't know whether it's got the money to pay for another Grand Prix. Yet everybody argues that the, the Grand Prix or the Formula One industry makes $16 million a year or 16 I can't remember what it is, but it's a big industry. But uh, well, And they're you. saying that it's chump change to keep Silverstone. So yep. watch out for those stories building up. All right. Well, Jonathan, thanks for, thanks for calling us up. I know you was the last second for you. Everybody, thanks for tuning into Speed City this week. SpeedCityBroadcast.com. Check us out. Ciao, y'all. Keep up with the latest breaking news in Austin and around the world. Take a moment to make sure you're following us on Twitter at Talk 1370. Let the tweeting begin. Just one more way to stay connected with Talk 1370. The right choice. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. 
there's joy in every journey.